Hey everyone, it's Lynn Chen from the Actors Diet Podcast, and today my guest is Serena Wolf, who is not only a chef and domestic goddess, a blogger, the blogger behind domesticateme.com, and author of The Dude Diet Cookbook, but she's also a podcast listener. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. That was a fabulous intro. You are all of those things, but most importantly, you listen to the podcast. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I wish more people reached out to let me know they listened to the podcast. Hint, 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 hint. hint. I, mean, I, I just like, I feel like because I'm in the kitchen so much and I travel all the time, I'm just always listening to podcasts. So it's sort of like reading a blog and you kind of feel like you know that person and you're like, you know, besties with them already. So, hey, here's, here's your weird listener fan that's here now. <laughs> I feel that same exact way because I do listen to a lot of podcasts and I just never take the time to like, like, you know, reach out for some reason because yeah. I just, I just, I guess I just take them for granted that they're just going to always be there. And it's not until like <laughs> their show doesn't show up that I'm like, oh my God, I hope they're okay. Yeah, right. And a friend of mine who, do you know Jess Mernan? She has yeah, of course. Yeah. So she's a good friend of mine, and she actually was the one who was like, hey, man, like, if you listen to a lot of podcasts, she was like, take the time to drop somebody an email. She's like, how excited do you get when somebody sends you a really nice email about your blog or your cookbook? She was like, podcasters feel the same way, so spread that love. Totally. Um, I have to say, um, I was watching your – I wanted to say Snapchat, but no, it wasn't Snapchat. It was your Insta story. Oh, yes. The My other day. Platform. Yeah, I'm not even on Snapchat anymore, so I don't know why I keep saying I know, Snapchat. I'm not either. Um, but I was watching your Insta story the other day where you were apologizing to someone who had written to you, and you were like, "I get so many emails," or I had gotten so many emails, so I wasn't ignoring you. I just was. It it got lost in the shuffle a while back. Um, yeah, and I loved that you said that. Because um, I don't, I don't bother explaining that sometimes. <laughs> no, but it was so crazy because this woman, her her feelings were legitimately hurt, um, and I felt, you know, you obviously feel terrible because somebody's taken the time to reach out to you, and not in a spammy way, you know, because there are people like that too. Um, and then I was like, oh shit, I really dropped the ball on that one. <laughs> well. You, I think you made up for it, and you made, you did a whole Insta story about it. Yeah, exactly. So I, I hope, I hope we can, be, you know, she has forgiven me at this point. Well, she was writing to you about her cookbook, which I have a copy of, and let's talk first and foremost about the dude diet. Yes. Um, uh, well, I cracked up because I saw the video that you did when you. <laughs> opened it for the first time and you're like I'm not really sure I'm getting the gist of it <laughs> well I had it I just got it like that second and I was like this will be fun to do a periscope live and then I realized like oh there's writing in here <laughs> I should have taken the time to like actually read to find out why this is the dude diet but instead I was just like look at the pretty pictures <laughs> I really appreciated the off the cuff approach I feel like that's a good litmus test of whether or not uh the photos and chapter titles do a good job well, they up the book. speak for themselves, for sure. I mean, just the cover alone is like this big heaping pile of the most beautiful nachos you've ever seen. Like, I don't that, know who wouldn't want those nachos. I feel like nachos are a crowd pleaser. But I mean, I so basically, I mean, to go back a little bit, the dude die was inspired by my now fiance, um, who, for lack of a better term, was nutritionally confused. We met like six or seven years ago while I was in culinary school. 
So one of the things that initially attracted me to him was how much he loved food. And like that, that doesn't to say he loves food is the understatement of the century. This is the type of guy that trips over himself, like running to the door to get his dominoes. We do not hang out at parties because he is too busy following finger food servers around um, and like stuffing his pockets with cocktail napkins. And he, he just really is obsessed with anything that tastes quote unquote dirty, which is why the tagline is clean ish food for people who like to eat dirty. Um, But his favorite foods was, you know, basically involved meat, cheese, and buffalo sauce. Um, And he did not eat anything remotely healthy. And I always figured, because I lived in Paris when we met and he lived in New York, that he ate some healthy stuff on his own time. But when I moved in with him, I was like, oh, you actually eat nothing healthy ever. (laughs) So when I suggested that he might want to eat a little bit better, his response was always, like, I'm not eating weird vegan shit, which is ridiculous because I am neither a vegan nor enjoy eating <laughs> weird shit. <laughs> um, but I, you know, sort of suggested that he might want to eat a little bit healthier, not to lose weight, but just because I was legitimately worried about his health uh, and wanted to hang on to him past the age of like 35. So I told him that I would help him get on the health eating train by basically convincing him that meals made with whole foods could elicit the same excitement as like takeout pizza or Chinese. Uh, and I started revamping all of his favorite foods like cheese steaks and chicken fingers and the aforementioned nachos and just swapping out all of the processed stuff and using more vegetables, leaner meats, more whole grains. And again, just working with all real foods. And he loved them so much, like really loved them that I was like, you know, he's not the only dude out there that eats like this. And I know I keep saying dude, and that's a traditionally gendered term, but I kind of feel like anybody can be a dude. You yeah, know I mean? I'll call like, you a dude any day. <laughs> yeah, like it's really to me, it's more of a mentality. It's somebody that's laid back, likes to have fun, isn't necessarily somebody that's going to devote, you know, hours and hours to cooking or domestic activities, so to speak, um, but still wants to eat really well. And so I started a column on my blog called The Dude Diet, talking about the types of meals that I was feeding him. And the response was so hilarious. And keep in mind, this was back in my very early blog days, where Domesticate Me had like a pink background and you know, Blackberry photos. Um, (laughs) The fact that I was getting all these emails was mildly overwhelming and hilarious from a guys who are like, is this a real diet? And should I go on it? And to be perfectly honest, the dude diet is common sense. But I was like, you know, yes, it's definitely a real diet. And you should totally go on it. (laughs) Um, But I also was getting responses from women who are like my husband, boyfriend, dad, son, whatever, also likes to eat this way. Do you have more recipes? Uh, And then plenty of women who are like, I too enjoy chicken fingers, like help a girl out. So I started writing regular columns about it and tackling different areas of nutritional confusion. So everything from like responsible boozing to surviving Super Bowl Sunday to how to make salads that don't make you sad. You know, all of these things that Logan and the other guys in my life and, you know, friends who didn't know how to cook were struggling with. And then, you know, provide these recipes that were totally doable. And when I say that, I mean it like nothing frustrates me more than 
a cookbook that says that it's accessible recipes and then I have to go to three different stores to find ingredients. Um, cause if I have to go to three stores in New York city and you probably feel this way living in LA, then like somebody in the Midwest is never going to be able to pull that off. Um, so it really is very simple, straightforward ingredients that require, I mean, ingre- the recipes require straightforward ingredients and very minimal kitchen equipment. And it's all meant to be fun. You know, there's enough people out there. We have enough, you know, Gwyneth's and Martha's in the world that are preaching, you know, a very healthy and or a very perfect lifestyle. And I like to think of this as a cookbook for the rest of us, you know, those of us that want to take strides towards feeling better and looking better and, you know, getting our act together in the kitchen, but without having to give up, you know, our lives or uh, any of the foods that we love. So that's sort of the do diet in a nutshell, which you, which you nailed, I think in your Periscope. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited to read all of the recipes right before my family comes because, um, I have a group of almost eight people who are coming who, you know, kids and, dudes and my mom and it's it's just I gotta make crowd-pleasing stuff that we can have every single day without you know feeling like we're gonna not be able to fit into our pants by the end of the week together (laughs) totally and I think that's the thing too is finding things that appeal to everyone and hilariously I mean dudes palettes and children's palettes are remarkably similar but it's funny it's so funny (laughs) (laughs) But at the same time, it's also great, I think, for people who are in relationships, because that's always a struggle, too. I just think women are, A, bombarded with more nutritional information on the reg, but also, you know, are potentially more conscious of how they look and and feel, to be honest. So, like, I love a good kale salad. I'd happily eat that for dinner a couple nights a week, but that was never going to cut it for Logan. And I certainly wasn't about to eat a cheesesteak three nights a week either. So I think it's a good middle ground where like neither person has to sacrifice their own health or waistline. It's just sort of a happy way to meet in the middle. So I think I can figure out or guess how Logan, your dude, grew up eating. How about you? Yes. <laughs> what was what was your childhood um, regimen diet like? I mean, I'm from California. I grew up in LA and Santa Barbara. So I feel spoiled because, you know, we have so much fresh produce out there. Uh so I feel like I ate such a sort of fruit and vegetable heavy diet. Um, and my, my parents weren't super strict and, you know, we had pizza every Sunday and we obviously weren't denied like the occasional ice cream cone or things like that. But we were one of those households that didn't have sugar cereal, (laughs) you know, like, uh, we had, I, I just like strict, remember. like like not even honeycomb or golden grams, like no, yeah, exactly. Wow. I mean, I we had I thought that multigrain Cheerios were like my jam. I thought those were super sweet. <laughs> they are pretty <laughs> but, great, <laughs> but we we ate a lot of you know grilled things and avocados and things that looking back. I was really lucky to have been raised in a household where I appreciated eating well and it never really felt like a sacrifice. That's not to say that when I went, you know, when I went for a sleepover, I certainly was 
the kid that was like, oh my God, you have like Oreos and Cheetos and all these things and then making myself sick because I definitely did that. Um, But I think that overall I ate really, really well. And also it's warm in California, you know, so I wasn't exposed to as much comfort food necessarily as I feel like I would have been if I had lived in a really cold climate. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I've always been a pretty healthy eater. Minus college. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to ask, like, how did you do in during college when you were left to your own devices? Well, I, I went to boarding school. So in high school. And so I think I got those, you know, the freshman 15, I did that my sophomore year of high school. Cause I was mostly living off of like, grilled cheeses that I made in the dining hall and obscene amounts of frozen yogurt. But once I got to college, I had sort of managed to learn how to regulate that eating. So dining halls never held the same allure for me in college as they did for a lot of my friends. Like I wasn't eating three bowls of cereal and then, you know, frozen yogurt and like a hamburger for dinner. Uh, I had sort of managed to figure out how to eat healthily then. But I mean, I was also drinking a fair amount. And that led to, you know, the the necessary pizza and other greasy things much more often than I would like. So I think I did some pretty serious, you know, damage to my body on that front in college, regardless, including the sleep deprivation. But then when I went to when I moved to Paris to go to culinary school, that was really tough for me because everything in France is so heavy. I mean, more cream, more butter is was sort of the motto at Cordon Bleu. So I I really struggled with that and just not being able to get a salad the way that you can get in a in the States pretty much at least in New York and LA, we have access to places like Sweet Green, you know, on every 10 blocks. Whereas in Paris, I would actually go to, you know, Le Pan Cotidien. I would go there, which is hilarious. Wow. A, to get a salad, like a normal salad that wasn't doused in a gallon of creamy dressing and loaded with 36 different toppings. Uh, and that's not, the, I, French food is obviously delicious, but you, you can't really get away with eating that way all the time. I still, I still do not understand the French diet fully. It partially has to do with incredibly small portion sizes. Uh, but yeah, I think that after culinary school, the thing I loved about learning how to cook, which I didn't know how to cook before I went, which is ridiculous and hilarious. Uh, but I love knowing exactly what's in my food. And I think that that was a huge turning point for me being able to really figure out what, or at least not even figure out, just regulate what I was eating in the sense that a lot, and I'm really lucky now because it's my job. Whereas a lot of my friends who right now, all of my college friends are doing a month of no refined sugar and I didn't, and I'm not doing it with them. Uh, because I'm doing, I'm recipe testing a bunch of different things where I have to be able to taste it. But at the same time, I felt, I I felt terrible because I was like, I don't actually eat that much refined sugar because I make a lot of my own stuff. So like, you know, if you go to the supermarket and you buy tomato sauce, there's sugar in that. Whereas if you make your own tomato sauce and I'm not, I'm definitely not advocating making every single thing from scratch. I mean, nobody got time for that, but 
I am very lucky in that I cook all the time. So I really can at least regulate my sugar and, you know, processed food intake much more easily than somebody who works an nine to five. How did you know that you wanted to go to culinary school? Uh, truth. I won I minored in French in college and I wanted to move to Paris and be a writer and wear red lipstick and just have this uber romantic lifestyle, which was incredibly naive. But in my defense, I was 22. Uh, and I moved over there and I realized I had the wrong type of visa and I had applied, you know, I had a resident visa, which meant I couldn't work a typical job. I could do certain freelancing things. But a friend of mine, I was about to come home and a friend of mine was like, you should do the basic program at Le Cordon Bleu. It's only three months. It's a skill that you'll never regret having. And so I just decided to try it on a win. And again, very naively, I thought I would be roasting chickens and drinking wine, which anybody that knows anything about culinary school knows that that is literally the opposite of what you do there. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, what, it, what do you do there? Tell me. Well, I mean, Cordon Bleu is a very old school program. It's taught in French. There's an English translator in the demonstrations, but then everything in the kitchen is in French. It's taught primarily by men over the age of 60 uh, who did not have very, they were not very fond of Americans or women for that matter. So I already had two strikes against me walking in. But basically the first three months are very, are the foundation. So basic knife skills, how to cook a piece of fish, poultry, meat, it's all broken down into sections. And then as you advance, you learn all of the sauces, you learn much more complicated techniques, like how to debone a chicken, etc. which again, I have, I have not deboned a whole chicken since culinary school. But everything that you make there, you get in its whole form. So if you're cooking fish, you're getting that whole fish, scales on, guts in, et cetera. Rabbit, same thing, tongue hanging out. Um, your chickens still have the feather. You know, you have to blowtorch the remaining feathers off oh of that. Oh, my God. It's insanity. So to be honest, I, I love having those skills. But let's just say that I'm not gutting fish in my Manhattan apartment. <laughs> So, uh, it is, it is a very, very, very good comprehensive program. And I feel like having gone, it makes it a lot easier for me to break down recipes for other people and like teach and do demonstrations just because I had it taught to me in such an awesome fundamental way. So I think that's been super helpful. And I also went into it with slightly less experience than my peers. A lot of them had already worked in kitchens or had grown up loving food. And for me, nobody in my family cooks. My mother like burned things from time to time when I was growing up. And the only thing I had cooked literally prior to arriving there was like a burnt grilled cheese. So I was definitely in over my head. And there were a lot of literal blood, sweat and tears those first few months. Wow. So when you were in culinary school, did you have like any thoughts of or or ambition to become part of the food industry? Or were you just like, this is for me for fun and to pass time? Well, I think it was honestly the first couple months when I wasn't even sure I was going to be able to hack it. It was definitely just for me. But as I I don't even know when or 
the moment that it exactly happened and it sounds so cliche, but I really did fall in love with it. And I started writing my blog while I was over there, which was sort of just to keep in touch with friends and family at home as, you know, the same reason anybody starts a blog when they're abroad. And I really never thought anybody else would be reading it. And I was basically just telling stories about the weird little dinner parties my roommate and I were throwing over there and the recipes that I was making. And then I started to notice that other people were reading it. And I think what I loved was that because I never thought anyone was going to read it, I really was just myself. And I think that for a lot of bloggers, at least, there's a lot of talk about finding your voice. And I think that I was lucky in that I really was very shamelessly open at that point. And so I think that authenticity and realism, because I was, you know, doing things accidentally, like melting my coffee maker to my stove, or, you know, forgetting in the middle of a dinner party that I had put dessert in the oven and, you know, starting a fire, things like that, that I think people could relate to. And I really loved the writing and the storytelling and the recipe development aspect. And then when I started taking the blog more seriously, I got a lot more questions from people about realistic cooking and entertaining. And I wanted to answer those questions because I felt like, especially in the age that we live in, where there's you know so many blogs and Pinterest and Instagram and everything looks so picture perfect, that can be really intimidating for a lot of people. And I do think that there was a there's a little bit of a void still today where people who are like, okay, I don't necessarily have a family or I'm not on Ina Garden's timeline where I have eight hours to prepare dinner before Jeffrey gets home. You know, they want something a little bit more realistic. And my friends even weren't asking me things like, how do I keep my emotion sauce from splitting? It was like, is the chicken cooked? And am I going to kill my friends if they come over for dinner? So I, I, that's when what, the turning point was for me in turning food into more of a career. I knew I didn't want to be in a restaurant kitchen, but I knew that I wanted to tell stories about food, whether that was on my blog or eventually in book form or, uh, on the, you know, on YouTube or eventually on TV. I just, I kept going down that path. And while I was trying to get the blog off the ground, I was also a private chef, which I didn't, necessarily love, but I think it was an awesome side hustle because I really learned so much and it was such a good career stepping stone for me. So these days, do you private chef at all or are you just doing full-time domesticate me and all of the things that we see online? Uh, Right now, I'm not doing any private chefing. And that's not to say that it's off the table forever. It's just, it doesn't really fit into my schedule right now. And I think I'd have to find the right gig. You know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, it was, it's, it's tricky. I think I, I know so many people that are private chefs and love it. And then, you know, the flip of that is that there are, you know, people like me, there are aspects of it that I love. And then there are aspects that are just really tricky. Um, and so I think right now it's, it's a good break for me, whether or not I go back is you know, up in the air always. I'll never say never. So let's talk a little bit more about the do diet and what yes. what it's been like since it's been birthed to the world. <laughs> and you are, um, I, say, I mean, I see you doing press for it still. Yeah. Yeah. What's that been like? This is your first book, correct? 
Yes, correct. Um, I love doing press for it. I mean, it's funny because a lot of, I mean, the book came out end of October. So we're six months, right? Six months. Am I miscounting? Seven months uh, out right now. And I'm still going with it. But I, I decided to go on tour with it which I am so, so glad that I did. It was not something that my publisher recommended. I, traditional book tours aren't really a thing anymore, uh, especially with social media. They, a lot of publishers just feel like it's not you know, an efficient way to get the word out about the book and certainly not very cost-effective. But after working on this for two years, that's the crazy part about writing a cookbook is it's two years basically from the time you get the deal to when your book is out in the world. And I, it, it sort of was my whole universe for those two years. And now that it's out, I just want to go out and talk to people about it and spread the word. And it, it, it's so cool to have in-person conversations after sort of being alone at your computer for like so much time. And I've been in, I think, 15 cities now, Whoa. Uh, which is insane, right? I mean, it, it's definitely not something that I would necessarily recommend to all people, especially people with families. It's a lot of time on the road, but I just had a blast. I got to do local morning shows wherever I went. I've done all kinds of events. And I think the crazy thing is that not all of them are successful. So I've, I had an event in a dive bar where basically I sold zero books. Well, one, if you include the one that I bought for, you know, the short order cook behind the bar, but I, I thought, you know, maybe it would work and it just didn't. And it, I think it actually kind of pissed some people off who are like, what, why is this girl in here selling her diet cookbook. Uh, <laughs> but I, <laughs> and honestly, I did not have a good answer for that. Uh, but I think that it's been really good personally just to take risks. And the whole experience has been so humbling because the, you know, whether five people show up to an event or 50 people show up, you still have to do that talk or the, that demo or sign those five books with the same enthusiasm that you would at a sold out event because people took time out of their day to come and see you. And I don't think there's anything wrong. This obviously it makes me so uncomfortable to say this out loud because it sounds so touchy feely, but like if you don't go out to sort of quote unquote, follow your dream and get your mission and your quote, you know, again, your gospel, whatever it is out there, nobody else is going to do it. So like nobody else cares. Well, that's, that's a strong statement. I don't want to say nobody else cares about my book, but like my publisher, you know, obviously there are hundreds of books that come out every year and like you get your sort of window of opportunity where they help launch your book, but then they're sort of on to the next. And so you've got to sort of hustle for yourself because nobody else is going to do it for you. So I've, I've really loved the whole experience. It's winding down now. I think I have two more stops on the docket in the next couple of weeks, but I don't know. It's been, it's been so much fun. And like the dude diet is meant to get people laughing and talking about food and cooking more. And I think that the people that I've met have really 
been so awesome. Just have great senses of humor and like are either relate personally to the stories. I always say like, if you don't have a Logan in your life, you probably are the Logan. (laughs) 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 Um, So it's been really, I mean, really fun and funny to talk to a lot of people about their experience with the book. Do you do your own food styling and photography? I do. I did not for the book. Uh, Marion Cooper Karen's styled the book and this amazing photographer Matt Armendariz shot it. Oh yeah, I know him from What's Scobby Cooking? Yes. Another podcast yes. guest. It's, I love Matt and Gabby's amazing too. Um, and he just, I actually found that's, that's funny that you say that. I actually found Matt through Gabby's blog uh, and reached out to him and he was just so I mean, he's just so fucking cool. I was so happy to work with him. He was my like very first choice of photographers. And I feel like he really got the vision for the dude diet from the get go and brought my recipes to life. And so did Marion in a way that they were in my head, but I don't think I would have been able to execute nearly as well without their wizardry. But I do do all my own styling and photography for my blog, which is a perpetual learning curve. I mean, it's gorgeous. I, I wanted to ask when you started blogging. Let's see. I, I launched the blog ooh, in March of 2011. Okay. Wow. That's a long time ago. Right? (laughs) Like two years after me. And I feel like so old when it comes to being a blogger. I I mean, we are kind of of the older guard. Now so many people just have Instagram and then their blog is sort of a backup, but it's not the priority. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's something to be said for old school blogging. There is. There's like, we understand each other in a way that other people never understand. Because what happened back then was that... The community was so small that you could trace where recipes started. And definitely you could like, you know, like link the fact that everyone would like whenever they made a green smoothie or green monster, as it was called, (laughs) they would go to what was it? It was Angela, right? From Oshi Glows. Yep. You'd be like, I had Angela's green smoothie today. Or, or like Smitten Kitchen, right. this, or David Lee. But I mean, it was such a, you're exactly right. There was such a small group. Now it's like, I saw this on BuzzFeed. Oh, they stole it from me. You know? like <laughs> I know. Or Tasty, like the Tasty videos. Yeah. I, I mean, it's nuts. So, I mean, it's, a, it's the wild, wild west right now. It's so, I would, like, when people ask me, should I start a food blog? I'm like, you are asking the wrong person. Like, I would not be doing this if I hadn't, if it wasn't, like, brushing my teeth now at this point. Like, But I think that's so great. I love that you actually still tell stories. Like, there's something to be said for that, you know, whereas some blogs you just get the recipe and then a couple, and, you know, a paragraph about why this is, so amazing um I don't know I like the story element thank you I'm looking at your photos right now Ooh. Um, <laughs> and I'm just like real I'm really impressed these these photos look like you took them in light yeah I have I, I shoot only in natural light I'm very lucky I have big windows in my living room and I use that as my you know makeshift photo studio who taught you how to shoot photos was it through watching Matt or were you like no I I actually read I downloaded 
an ebook years ago and I think it was called like tasty food photography or something. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember who put it out. It might've been, I feel like it was somebody like Lindsay from pinch of yum or somebody, I don't know. It's like a downloadable ebook from another blog. And I read that and sort of figured out how to use my camera, which I had no idea how to use. Um, I actually, my first like DSLR, I borrowed from Logan, who also doesn't know how to use his camera and then sort of like taught myself that way. And then lighting and things like that was just a lot of trial and error and like finding photography surfaces, surfaces and props and all of that stuff is always a work in progress, but it's not, you know, you sort of start to get a feel for your own camera and hilariously, I don't think I could teach somebody else how to use it. I just sort of, now know what feels good to me, but I still have so much more to learn. And when I watched Matt, you know, with his scrims and like all of these crazy, you know, tripods and all this stuff, I was like, okay, we on another, we're on another level here. (laughs) This is going to take me years and years to catch up with. But I feel like if somebody has those skills with my cookbook, I remember my publisher asking in the beginning if I, they're like, oh, do you want to shoot your own book? And I was like, absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) I know Jessica, who we were talking about earlier with one part, uh, Plant, she ended up, actually she did text me because she was going to LA uh, to ask her photographers to recommend, um, not that I knew any, but um, I remember that being like a thing of like, oh, I do not want to do this myself. Well, no, and she ended up, her team, we uh, we always talk about this because I didn't know going into it either that there would be so many people involved in a cookbook shoot. You know, like there's a photographer and a food stylist and then the food stylist assistant and then a prop stylist and all of these people. I'm like, I didn't even know a prop stylist was a person, <laughs> like, you know, but these are specialized jobs and they really make or break a book that like that photography aspect and I'm so impressed when certain bloggers the blog to book thing is obviously so huge right now and certain bloggers shoot their own books and it's just so impressive to me do you have any desire to do more books I would love to do more books I don't I the thought of doing another book like in the next couple months feels just overwhelming but I think soon I would love to and I'd love to do you know, I'd love to do more dude diet books, but I'd also love to do, you know, things outside of the dude diet as well. I think the dude diet is just would be lends itself well to a series because there are so many more recipes and topics that I'd love to cover. But, um, you know, I think down the road, I picture myself writing a lot of books over the years. I feel like writing books is something you can do sort of forever and ever as long as you have a good idea. Um, but hopefully maybe I'll get a bigger kitchen before I start the next one. <laughs> and if you don't mind me saying you're very easy on the eyes, uh, how much do you Thank like, you. how much do you like being in front of the camera? I mean, it seems like you're natural at it and you enjoy it. Is that the goal? Yeah, I, I think that I, that's definitely been an end goal of mine for a while. And it's so funny to watch the way that the food space has changed. And like, I'm sure, you know, you obviously know this too. It's like now you can start a YouTube channel and there's no, the, the future of television is sort of 
semi-uncertain and food, you know, food network and cooking channel and stuff don't necessarily just do straight up cooking shows anymore. No, they're going the way of like competition shows. Yeah. They're going the way of like what I remember MTV going like where like one day they just, it was where I went to watch music videos and then suddenly I was like, nobody ever watches a music video. It's crazy. It's nuts. And I think that that's what's happening in that world. And I remember my agent being like, do you want to do Top Chef? And I was like, I don't know how to explain this to you, but I have anxiety and like a quick fire is my own personal hell. Like I was like, I would not be on the show long enough for it to make a difference <laughs> in the fetal position and be like, just go around me. They interviewed me for Chopped and for oh the God. casting, she said to me, so why will you win Chopped? You know, like expecting me to be like, I'm going to bury the competition. And I was like, well, if I won, it would be a miracle. And who wouldn't want to see a miracle? <laughs> I was just like being honest. Like I would not win Chopped. <laughs> I, I absolutely would not either. I'm somebody that like when I am going to plan a meal or a recipe, I like to take time and think about it and test things. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's just not for me. But yes, I, I mean, that was a very roundabout answer. I would absolutely love to do more on camera stuff in both food and, you know, lifestyle in general i'm sort of a pop culture junkie so i'd be happy to sit around talking about the kardashians too you know (laughs) (laughs) i know that you said that you did a little bit of nutrition like talking about nutrition when it came to this so are you did you study nutrition are you like not okay i'm very careful about uh making any sort of nutritional claims that are outside of the norm, you know, in, in terms of when it comes to the dude diet, Logan and a lot of the guys that I talked to had zero nutritional knowledge. So it wasn't, I, there are 14 dude diet commandments. And then there's a sort of a section, um, there's a chapter called get your shit together where it's really just learning basic nutritional facts that are not disputed. So like the fact that refined sugar and carbohydrates spike your blood sugar, which means you release more insulin, which is a fat storage hormone. So that leads to weight gain. You know, like these are things that nobody is arguing about, but I certainly am not going to dole out specific, like be like, you should never eat dairy or you should give up grains altogether. You know, like I don't like to make any of those claims because everybody is different. Different types of diets work for different people. Um, and I think in today's world, you have so many options. I just think that the one thing that people can't argue with is like eat more plants, you know, try to exercise portion control, exercise when you can. <laughs> Does the dude diet work? Did the dude diet work for Logan's lost 20 pounds over the past like four years and kept it off, which I'm super like impressed with and just proud of him for. But I think what's so great is that uh, he has realized that he feels better when he eats this way, which you can't really – the hardest thing for a lot of people is getting over that hump, like where they realize that when they actually eat well for a sustained period of time that they have more energy, they look better, you know, they're less tired. Um, And I think once he actually started to feel that way, he's made more of an effort outside of home. Whereas, you know, when he's choosing what he's going to eat for lunch at work, like when I, when we first started dating, he told me that he ate a salad 
at work every day for lunch and I was like well what kind of salad and he's like it's like um a buffalo chicken salad I was like, congratulations <laughs> you are eating an order of chicken fingers for lunch every day and it's not magically healthy because it's briefly in contact with two pieces of iceberg lettuce so I think that he he now knows these things so he can make better choices at restaurants or when he's with friends and then when you know when we're both home he now loves things like quinoa or, you know, there's not a lot, a ton of red meat happening. And I, I certainly don't deep fry reasons for, I mean, deep fry anything for health or, and safety reasons in our apartment. So I think he's just been eating a ton of fruits, vegetables, lean meats, whole grains that taste really good. And so it's been, You know, it was an uphill battle, obviously, and that's not to say that he doesn't fall off the wagon from time to time and, like, go ham on a platter of chicken wings or, like, a deep dish pizza, but for for the most part, he's been on the nutritional straight and narrow for a few years now. And so this is great. And also we're getting married in the fall. So yeah, I wanted to ask about what (laughs) wedding planning is like and oh, my God, et cetera. (laughs) I mean, I feel like I've been a little bit of a delinquent on the wedding planning front, but just because I've been traveling so much and like, there are so many decisions. I don't think anybody warns you about the sheer volume of decisions that you have to make when it comes to a wedding. Um, So for me, I, I really have always been a bad decision maker. So I try and at least talk to Logan and get us to a point where there's like A or B, because if I'm given like A, B, C or D, I, I just no too many options. Well, it's nice that you guys are doing it together. <laughs> yes. He's been super helpful. And like, he's much more, he's actually really good at planning in a whole, in an awesome way. Like he made us like an Excel spreadsheet for different, like multiple spreadsheets for different aspects of the wedding. And I'm like, dude, this is, <laughs> if you want to take the time to do that, I will, I'm, you know, now forever in his debt because he has made our lives so much easier. But basically we've got like location, band, Momofuku birthday cake, wedding cake. Ooh. So I feel good about it. <laughs> do you feel the pressure to have really good food because of who you are? like I feel that way when people are coming over for dinner they're like bring it Lynn and I'm like sorry we're having pizza (laughs) I know isn't it funny though do you do you go through this too where when you go to somebody else's house they're so nervous that you're gonna judge what you give them yeah do you feel that way I'm always like just so grateful they've made me something yeah I know I'm always like are you kidding me like you could give me an apple and I would be thrilled yeah, it's, it's it always cracks me up when people are like, I'm so nervous to feed you. I'm like, please don't be. I have shockingly low standards. But that said, uh, do you feel the pressure? I feel so much pressure, but I feel like I'm just going to um, – we also – yeah, we also have an in and out truck coming late night. So I feel <gasps> like I'm just – I feel like I'm just going to get people drunk, hope that they – you know, dinner dinner goes by and – Fingers crossed, if all goes according to plan, the food will be delightful. But if it's not, in and out is coming. <laughs> <laughs> That's like um, on a set, a uh, second meal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, we just got to make it to the end of the day, and then we know we're getting burgers. It's totally fine. Yeah, precisely. What is your everyday diet like? What is like a typical day of eats like for you? 
Oh, I'm actually very, very predictable, predictable for breakfast and lunch. And then dinner is where I like to mix things up. But for breakfast, I'm pretty basic. Honestly, I eat overnight oats a lot um, or hot oatmeal in the winter or a smoothie. I love I'm I love smoothies and I drink pretty much the same one every morning. What's uh, in it? Tell me, tell me. Okay, so it's spinach, a little bit of sweet cherries, blueberries, strawberries, collagen, like, you know, vital proteins, peptides, whatever they are that like you see everywhere on the internet these days. Um a tablespoon of almond butter, a ton of cinnamon and a little bit of vanilla extract and almond milk that sounds mm. like nothing, but once you nail it <laughs> it comes together really fast um but I love that and then for lunch I will either have a I will have some sort of salad I I'm terrible at meal prepping but I will typically on like a Monday night just make a giant grain salad or like some sort of cauliflower rice salad or something that then I can use as like a bowl base for lunch. So I'll add like that and then maybe some hummus or like whatever vegetables are hanging out in my fridge. Um, Otherwise, I will eat avocado toast with scrambled eggs. (laughs) Yum, yum, yum. (laughs) And then snacks. uh, I eat I some I'm not a huge snacker, but I'll typically eat like an apple or dried ma- I really like I'm really into dried mango right now. I don't know why, but I'm going through a phase. Um and sometimes more almond butter. I really like brown rice cakes with almond butter when I'm like in a pinch. Um and You just made for- that sound really good. <laughs> because cuz you cuz you added the word brown. Like if yeah. you just said rice cakes with peanut butter it's not cool but you know brown rice cakes yeah with I mean, almond I, butter it's suddenly it's almond I, butter very fancy sometimes it's got it's fancy there yeah I mean the crazy thing is because I've been on the road so much I pack um, a snack pack that I take basically to keep in my hotel room or Airbnb or whatever and eat on the plane and that's I take like a thing of brown rice cakes those individual squeeze packs of Justin's almond butter. Have you seen those? Yeah, They're those like are great. Game changer. And then I like Go Macro bars. I hate bars in general, but those are for some reason the only ones I can stomach. And then like different raw nuts and dried fruit. And like I will sometimes weirdly take oatmeal with me to a hotel because now there's like Keurigs in a lot of hotel rooms that you can use to make oatmeal in the morning. Oh, totally. Um, so I've become – but the crazy thing was I didn't do that when I first started the tour and I felt like shit all the time because, you know, you're eating weird stuff in airports and, you know, you end up having to eat stuff that you wouldn't ordinarily eat at home. So I got really good about traveling with that stuff. And then dinner I just – is usually some form of chicken or fish and then a ton of – you know, I love – I make a lot of stir fries – um, I make a lot of quinoa bakes, which are, <laughs> are sort of my signature. I was like, if people had to describe my blog, it'd probably be like lots of Californian food and these weird quinoa bakes. Did, <laughs> didn't you make a quinoa bake, um, like some sort of an egg dish recently, like a quinoa yes. breakfast with, with radishes? Yes. Um, that's like a, it was like 
salsa verde and quinoa and you bake eggs and it's delicious. I'm going to make that for brunch pretty soon. That's one of my favorites. And then there's my actually people always ask me my favorite recipe from the dude diet is and it's actually the cheeseburger quinoa bake. And that is also, you know, we did not confer on it, but it is independently Logan's favorite recipe too. And it is hands down the most made recipe and like Instagram recipe, even though it's super unphotogenic from the book. So that's a, just, just a fun tip for anybody who decides to get the book. They should start with that recipe. But I, yeah, I, I want to eat that right now. Cheeseburger, quinoa, yes. Because yeah. it's, like ham- like, it's like Hamburger Helper. It, it's like a, it's a grown-up version of Hamburger Helper. And I'm all for like one skillet meals and, ca- you know, throw everything in the pan casseroles that end up being – those always end up being the most delicious things. So – that's sort of my weeknight dinner. And I, I mean, I've gotten pretty good now on the weekends, Sundays, I get a little bit weird. I, I think it's, I told you earlier that my family used to get pizza on Sundays. And now I think it's just like an, a basic instinct that I'm, I I have to have pizza on Sundays. (laughs) So, uh, I live in New York and I typically go to Ruby Rosa uh, with Logan at like 5 p.m. before people get there and sit at the bar and we're like besties with the bartenders now and we they we just eat the same thing pretty much every week and have no shame about it. I love that you go at 5 p.m. because that's when I like to go to. It's like me and the old people because I don't like crowds I, at I, all. I and I also like to photograph my food so it still <laughs> looks good at 5 p.m. Totally. And also, I mean... I, the, the crowds and on Sunday nights, you know, you like need to be home on your couch by seven. <laughs> agreed. Totally agreed. Well, Serena, I do hope that you and I get a chance to meet in person one day. Promise me if yeah, well, next I time promise. you're in LA, you will, you will let me know and I will let you know next time I'm in New York city so we can Please. sit and eat quinoa together. <laughs> I, I've never heard of anything that sounds more magical than that. <laughs> Where can people find you? Uh, they can find me on Instagram at Serena G. Wolf. Um, if they're only interested in Dude Diet content, they can also follow at Dude Diet. Uh, otherwise, they can find me at domesticate-me.com. Yay, I will have links to all of this on theactorsdiet.com. And thank you. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye.